This is Daizen Shui XD Podcast, episode 145, for the week of September 7th, 2008. Welcome to Daizen Shui EX, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Daizen Shui EX. You're super, super awesome because you're talking with that kind of voice, right? Yar, that I be. Uh, no, I'm not doing accents. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening. And entertaining. And a little bit of. Not too much, because that would be out of line. And I can't take oh, that. Damn. No, I just happened to look up at the uh, Audacity timeline, Julian, of you being recorded, and it said one minute and 60 seconds. Is that bad? <laughs> well, usually it says two minutes. <laughs> I see. How is that even possible? I don't know, but let's move on. I'm distracted by shiny waveforms. Anyways, to the introductions, we'll start with you, that man over in Japan. I already said your name is Julian. What's up, man? Yeah, that's right. And I don't know. I'm taking it easy. It's Saturday night. I've got a chorus concert tomorrow. It's the Tondabayashi. Well, it's basically like all the choruses have a festival, so they all have one song to sing, and then afterward, the chorus is probably going somewhere to get smashed. Oh, well, maybe not me, though, since I have school the next day. And let's see what else. Uh, I'm taking it easy here. Classes have started back up, so I'm into that. And studying kanji, like there's no tomorrow because they have level one of the JLPT that I'm going to be taking in December. I realize that there's a lot of Joyo kanji that I haven't learned yet, but some of them are really, really weird. Like there's bone marrow and <laughs> pig iron and smelting. Well, what's pig iron? I'm not even sure. Like, I don't even know what that is. There's two kanji for to starve. There, <laughs> it, there are several that do not appear to have any general uses. I don't know. I feel like... I don't know who they got to make this list. Was it a combination of, like, menial laborers and farmers or what? But it's just really bizarre. And you need to know all of these, right? Well, for the test, yeah. Fantastic. Oh, dear. What else is up? Oh, well, I don't know. To further my kanji studies, I also used a gift card that I got from the previous school I was at on my leaving, and I picked up a, an actual paper kanji dictionary. The one that I've been using is aimed at English speakers and only contains the main group of kanji that you need to know upon graduating from junior high school in Japan. So this one has not only explanations of the characters in Japanese, but their origins and variety of compounds, and actually it's got about 17,000 characters but at least a good half of those are just alternate forms of existing ones. Well, good luck with all that. When's the test? The first Sunday, or yeah, the first Sunday in December, which is a few months away. But I'm going to be studying a lot. I was going to say you got some time, but you need to learn what pig iron is. Yeah. Oh man. Let's go over to the woman over here. Are you looking at pictures of counting crows? No, not particularly. What What is that? It's a list of the 23 most annoying frontmen. Oh, Adam from Counting Crows? Yes, apparently, and you'll be happy to see the one on the screen right now. Who is that? You can read. I can't see. Oh, you can't? Oh, it's Tom it's DeLonge. Tom. <laughs> uh, Mary. Yes? Heavily involved with the Dragon Ball oh, podcast yes, right now. clearly. What's up? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I'm, I'm still waking up. Technically, which is I've pathetic. I've been up since for it's hours. I've been up for like two hours, yeah. Well, that's more than one, so I can use plural. Yes, you can. Quite <laughs> correct, sir. But you're doing all right. You got some coffee, too. Rocking uh, the Dunkin' Donuts. I is having coffee, and it's a little lukewarm, which means I can down it. Nice. Without the repercussions of burning hot Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And well, 
how is your voice today? I feel like I'm probably going to crack it. I woke up feeling really scratchy, but now I'm fine. No, we went to a show last night. We saw Finch for the oh, first cool. time in, I don't think we decided, something like four years, five years, maybe. Wow. I don't know. So well, that's pretty cool. I know. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm really suddenly 12 years old again. I like Dragon Ball. It's the perfect demographic for this show. Well, you, you said your voice was going to crack, so I thought I'd just... Uh, Thank you for you know, getting that for me there. Get myself going. I'll just talk like that the rest of the episode. So, Mary, oh my god, it's a girl. I don't know how oh. to react. Oh my god. Doing good, though? Yes. Good mood, good uh, times. Yes. You got a busy weekend coming up, too. Yeah. I'm going to want to take days off. Actually, you're not, <laughs> you're not really doing a whole lot today. I guess all that work involves me. You get to hang out and be annoyed by all the talking. Yeah. But you get a, uh, what are you going to tomorrow? I'm going to a bridal shower for a friend tomorrow. Ooh. It's kind of far away, so I'll be driving a lot. Ooh, Ooh. Fancy. Yes. And what did you get them? I can't say. I Surprise. don't I don't think uh, Okay, I don't they'll think they'll be at the party even True. if they were to listen to this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they listen to this show. I got some I guess fine serveware. Fine serveware. Flatware. Flatware. Now tell me why is it called flatware? I don't cuz it's flat. <laughs> okay. But it's not cuz there's a little curve in the fork, you I know? Suppose. Like it's got a I don't make up these names. Okay, I'm not the fine. king of the dictionary. Not the... silverware or tableware? I know, but if it's not so I don't know. I don't understand the real world. It makes no sense to me. Stainless steelware, okay? There fine. you go. Julian with the answers. All right, so that's Julian. That's Mary. My name is Mike, otherwise known as Vegito EX. And uh, yeah, that, that's about it. We got a cool show for you. We got a topic. We got news. We got releases. All that regular stuffage. This week, we are not going to be doing a manga review of awesomeness. Typically, the <gasps> first. No, I know, I know. I hate to break it to you, Julian. Oh, my. Typically, the first show of a new month, what we do is we go through the manga volume by volume. We do a little review, we do a little analysis, blah, 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 blah. But because last month that got delayed a few weeks, we're going to push this one back just a week, kind of space it out a little more. So you can check us back next week, hopefully for that. Jeff will join us, and we'll do volume 19 or DBZ volume 3. Uh, so this episode, we are going to have a special guest on to talk about canon and canonosity and canonicalness. That kind of stuff. We brought on Desire Camp Bell. Or Desiree Campbell. Yes. <laughs> yes. Also, canonicity. Thank you. What other words are there? Canonicious. Canonicious? Yes. Watch too much Project Runway. Yeah, Sorry. I know. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to take it from an interesting angle and not solely talk about what is and what isn't. Kind of like a general overview of how it all works, how it ties in, how it relates to Dragon Ball. Good times. We actually already recorded that. It's all edited and everything. So I just get to plug it right into the show. Julian, you couldn't join us because we recorded it on a weekday evening for us. Yeah, that means I was at work, so... Yeppers. But we got that coming up. So anyone got any other stuffages before we get into the news? No. Going once to marry nothing. Going twice to Julian. I got nothing. Yeah, nothing. Going thrice to me. I got nothing. Let's talk about news. Julian, you don't have a Wii over there. No, I don't. Well, if you did, you would be able to play something. Whoa, 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 that kind of Wii, huh? I, I didn't think we were... Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. <laughs> oh, Julian, making penis jokes. <laughs> what's the world coming to? <laughs> this is impossible. I guess I it is. Part. Julian, what's up over there? Apparently, a Dragon Ball DS demo has hit the Japanese Nintendo channel on the Wii, also known as the 
Minan no Nintendo Channel, which is everyone's Nintendo. The demo will be up until the 17th of this month, and the game will be available on the 18th for the DS. There is no word about a U.S. demo. Frowny face. Frowny face. <laughs> Julian, uh, are you actually going to be picking up the game? I think I will. I mean, depends on how I'm doing on money and free time and all that stuff. I mean, once it's out, I can probably pick it up anytime, right? Yep, absolutely. Cool. I am looking forward to it. Speaking of Dragon Ball DS, Mary, we watched this the other day. The third TV spot for Japan for this game has come out. It is an extended version of the second TV spot, and it is just wonderful. It's very heartwarming, as it usual. Is. It's uh, the same guy going to probably his child's school performance, except it's the whole scene where, you know, he comes in, he's looks like he's late to the show from a business meeting or something, and he gets a call on his phone, and it's like, does he have to leave? Or, and he just closes his phone, and he enjoys, and he starts singing along with the song, and it's, oh, it's so heartwarming and wonderful, and we loved it. So you can check that out. It's over on Game Trailers. We get a link to it on the homepage. Woo! Other news that we saw, we just have a whole bunch of release dates for Viz Big Stuff, and uh, we'll kind of go through these in our releases segment as the months go on, but we have dates up through May 2009, and that'll take us a good portion of the way through the Z era of the manga, if you will. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, 2009 sees this entire Viz Big release. Looks like they're cruising along with it. Every month, like every four to six weeks, it seems, there'll be another Viz Big between the original Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. So you can check out the homepage of Daizen Shibi X for those release dates. And like I said, as we go through the podcast, we'll hit them up one by one. Cool. I think that's it for news. Anyone? Last minute newses? Not that I would expect anyone to have last minute newses, but just in case. Blank stare on my right. Julian, I cannot see you. Do I have a blank stare from you? It just made made me think of Newsies the musical. Oh my god, I love Newsies. Let's all unionize. Woohoo! It was because Uh, of Newsies I did a sixth grade project all about child labor laws. Wow. Ah, 1992. So anyways, I guess now it's time for the topic. Mary, here we are at the topic portion of the show. All right, the best portion of all. The best part of all ever, which is the only part Depending we've on the recorded week. so far. Right. That's all right. I don't know what I've said to introduce it. I have no idea if I've said anything at all about it. Hopefully by the time we record the rest of the show, I'll have said something. So let's just uh, kind of talk about what we're going to talk about, do little introductions here. With us, Mary, you're still here. Yes. And I say still, assuming that you'll do the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. See what happens. See what happens. Between then and kind of now. now. I wanted to say then and now, but now, anyways, I'm still here. Joining us is Desiree Campbell. What's up, man? Not much, not much. It is good to have you back on the show, because you've been on the show before. I have. I am, uh, uh, I'm famous. You are internet famous. It's the best kind of famous series. It is. It's the only it kind is. of famous. You couldn't see it, but I did a dance there. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've My actually... famous dance. I have seen you do a dance before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the reason I've brought you on uh, is because you like to talk about things. I do. Talking is good. You have talked about things before. You've typed up words about things before. And there's a specific thing I want to talk about more as a general concept, but even getting a little specific into it. And I know you've written about this on our forum before, the Dyson X forum. You've kind of broken it down and we've had tons and tons and tons of threads about it. And I liked what you had to say. And I know you're uh, capable of speaking into a microphone 
and speaking halfway well, and that works well for a podcast. I speak the words good. Those are essentially our standards. (laughs) You must have typed things on internet and be able to verbally say those same things without having a panic attack. I guess that's all it takes. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Oh, all right. Fair enough. (laughs) It's still early. (laughs) We've only done two minutes so far. It's a long way to go. We are going to talk about canon. And by canon, I mean uh, spark, go boom, tear down castles, right? No. No. It's one and too many. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally fucked that up, didn't I? We are going to talk about canon, but the canon with the one end. Canon versus filler versus... Is there anything else? I don't, like, made up non... Like, versus Dragon Ball AF? I, what do you, you possibly <laughs> say? limbo information. That's right. I guess we should define canon. I'm going to leave it up to you. Just in a general term, not even getting into Dragon Ball yet. Desiree Campbell, how would you define canon? Canon is a selection of works or information about a series of works that is uh, defined or at least perceived to be the correct and official boundary of that work. Uh, For instance, there are a lot of plays that we believe are done by Shakespeare, but only the canon, the folio, uh, is what anyone says is done by Shakespeare. There are other theories that what this play is is done by Shakespeare, or this play was done by Shakespeare, but the canon that we know is done by him is a separate entity. Now, this also extends like even further back and all sorts of things all throughout history and literature, things like the Bible. There's a biblical oh, yeah. canon. The biblical canon, the Bible, uh, as Christians know it, includes the Torah, but does not include several other uh, Gospels by what are now lesser-known uh, religious figures of the time, simply because they are not just part of the canon. They were discussed and were not included in what is now known as the canon of Christianity. To kind of take it into nerdy fandom a little bit, and this is something I don't really know anything about, but the closest, I guess you would say, American equivalent of what we're probably going to talk about would be something like Star Wars, I would assume, right? Yeah, Star Wars is a great example, um, mostly because Lucas, George Lucas is so... George Lucas is the creator of Star Wars, um, in case anyone didn't know that. <laughs> I, I do know that much, so I'm on oh, the right well, track okay, here. Well, step one. Um, he's very involved in what is and what is not canon in the Star Wars universe. And with Star Wars in particular, there is actually a hierarchy of what is and what is not considered canon, written down by George Lucas. So if one thing uh, disagrees with something else, we know which to believe based on its hierarchy in reference to other things. Okay. For example, the uh, the movies are of higher canon level um, or to be believed more than uh, video games, which are generally to be believed more than board games, which are not as canon as things like expanded universe novels. All right. There's a there's a two or three tier system with Star Wars. It's, it's complicated and there are exceptions to several things and it's very difficult to get through. I think that makes a lot of sense when compared to Dragon Ball because we have kind of a parallel figure as opposed to George Lucas, we have Akira Toriyama. You know, we have the manga, we have the TV series, we have the movies, we have all these different guidebooks, we have Toriyama being involved. Except he forgets stuff. Well, true enough. And George Lucas, he's <laughs> on top of his stuff, presumably. I have no idea. But things like Toriyama doing character designs for movies, but not necessarily writing the plots for those movies, and Toriyama being involved with some characters and maybe some filler material in the TV series. So even going by just what the author himself, the original author, has done. And his level of involvement varying right. from one thing It kind of goes next. all over the place, and it creates a, a really difficult discussion to have among fans. Now, before we get into like the different types of can 
canon within the Dragon Ball fandom. I kind of want to talk about, just briefly, why we're even talking about this in the first place. This is a concept that obviously could have been around for years and years and years, and has been around for years and years and years. As it applies specifically to English-speaking North American fandom, I saw very, very, very little of it actively taking place on discussion boards up until around the point that Viz got to the end of the cell getting into the Boo era of the manga in the graphic novel form over here in the US. My hypothesis for this, and feel free to disagree or jump off it, is the typical American fan who only follows just whatever comes out over here, they haven't made any effort to, you know, read translations or get into any of the Japanese stuff. When it got to that point in the manga here in the US, they were finally at a point where they could and did consume enough material that that discussion could take place for them and with them. Does that make sense? Am, am I describing that well enough? Yeah, I think it makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Is there anywhere to jump off with that? Because I don't even remember when well, about they got to that point in the manga. I kind of stopped reading, you know, the Viz stuff like far uh, before that point. So well, here we go. I remember of- early on when we were starting the podcast, we were getting to things like uh, they were already using the H word for Mr. Satan. And we had things like Jean and um, Vegerot, that kind of stuff. So 2004-ish, 2005-ish is when maybe a little bit, I'm going to say 2004. I think that's when I first started really seeing this taking place, not even necessarily on our own message board, but across places that I would lurk and kind of see what the hip thing is to talk about with the fans. Well, I think because of these discrepancies, I feel like, yeah, all the stuff's available and out here, but one person's canon might be different from another person's canon. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's where these arguments and discussions erupt. <laughs> is that the right way to describe it? Yeah, pretty much. Let's get into different types of canon. Some of this is going to be personal opinion. Some of it's going to be actual fact. Like, these are things that exist. These are things that say these types of things. But I really want this to be kind of more of a conversational, what's out there? What are the things that people can and kind of really get into? And maybe give you a couple of ideas of where you can jump off. And if you want to talk about different types of canon, it's just unfortunately one of those things that people get, I don't want to say thick headed about or egotistical about, but it seems stubborn. Stubborn is a, a perfect word. Like you cannot listen to other people's that you are absolutely right. You will not hear what the other person has to say. And this is unfortunately one of those things where people go to Dragon Ball message boards, they see those, and the entire fandom is stereotyped. Which is why I want this. We're gonna prove, like, hey, look at us! We are three cool-ass people talking about canon, and what uh, we sound like nerds, don't we? Yes. It's an intelligent literary discussion, Mike. Don't, <laughs> don't think we will belittle it. Alright. Perfect. You and your words. We need to keep them on for the ego stroking. (laughs) I like him. Yes. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about canons. I know you've written some stuff up and I'm kind of going to refer to it here. First off, we need to reiterate, this is canon. This is canon. What is this? Yeah. Uh, Well, the first thing that happens when somebody brings up any argument about canon is they spell it wrong. (laughs) And and then it's the internet, so we post funny pictures about it. So this is not canon, C-A-N-N-O-N. As a military cannon that shoots flaming balls of death, this is C-A-N-O-N. This is comics and video games and cartoons. Perfect. All right, so now that we've established how you spell this thing, <laughs> tell me a little bit more about where, where do you want to take this? How do you want to get into it? Well, the big thing I want to uh, impress on people is that uh, there's no set 
a legitimate set canon for Dragon Ball because Toriyama or Toei, no one's actually brought anything out and said, well, this is what actually happened and these things are, are just things that didn't happen. We just thought they were fun or these things uh, were wrong and we replaced them with this. Um, we've had retcons in the series, but nothing's ever been said. They've just been ignored. They just kind of did it. It's just and, his writing right. style, I Ex- guess. Examples of that, things like Dr. Frapp, who they, they yes. had the whole Jinzuningen number eight Hachan, where they made up that filler in the TV series, and then it's just conveniently swept under the rug when they bring in Dr. Garrow later on for, you know, so the additional Jinzuningen. Right, never mentioned again. It's not said that that didn't take place, it's just kind of conveniently ignored. Yep, just uh, even something slightly different. The uh, In early Dragon Ball, they had a few filler episodes where they uh, explained the origin of the Dragon Balls. Oh, yes, yes. And that later is completely contradictory. It's never said that, oh, that story was wrong or we were misled when we said that story. Just we ignore that that story ever took place and then we tell you this other one. Right. So why don't you break down for me how you can classify different types of canon with the knowledge that there's never been anything that said this is absolute fact, this is absolute not fact, etc. Well, without the uh, the expressed like verbal consent that this is canon, this is not canon. The best we can do is uh, try to distinguish what is and what is what is more and what is less believable, what is more or less official or canon, and discover the canonosity, if you will, of uh, of each piece of I information. I like that canonosity. Canonosity. So, for example, um, the manga itself is normally taken as more canonical than the anime because. The manga was written directly by my Toriyama, written by him, edited out by him, and put out. This is exactly what he wanted to do. Well, the anime has some uh, alterations, it has some extras put in, and because of that, we can't be sure that it is what Toriyama wanted to be portrayed, how he wanted things to come out. Right, especially now where he wouldn't remember anyways. You know, all we can go off of are, like, notes that people have found over the years, which we did get. We got some extra notes that they dug up in, um, like, Landmark Forever, those uh, extra guys yeah, like Landmark that came out. Forever, we have uh, his notes on character designs and uh, things on, like, how, why the how the filler episodes in the Saiyan saga, the Saiyans that we see in flashbacks have different colored hair. Right. When notes we have and the rest of the series has completely black-haired. Right, and we did have notes from him around that, and even with Bardock's group, I remember specifically, he would say things like, well, I intended the hair to be black, but it doesn't really matter one way or the other. Yeah, and it's, it's little notes like this that we don't really, we can't say one way or the other whether or not Saiyans really did have different colored hair, or if they all had black hair. Right. Other problems arise from this. This is where arguments crop up. <laughs> right. Well, all Saiyans have black hair because that's what Toriyama wanted. Well, he said that, but he also said that he didn't care. Right, so now, now you're kind of like reading into notes, so it's... Mm. Like, the note's almost irrelevant at that point, because if you're just going to read into it, you can get two different paths coming off of the exact same note, then who's to say who's right, who's wrong, what's canonical, what's not? This is why I brought up the Bible in the first. <laughs> so, we have the manga, that was kind of the first thing, the original thing, but even jumping off of that, we have a different version of the manga now. We have the Kanzenban that came out uh, a few years back, which is still the original manga, but has some edits, has some alterations, so how do, how do you think that time? In. Um, generally, I would put that above the original run of the manga, just because it was, it's not just a rehash, it's not just other people going through it. It's re-edited things that were obviously wrong in the first one, like uh, an Madayo sign saying, welcome with two L's. Right. Typo do. And that's been fixed. Other things have been slightly fixed. We have a new ending to the manga. The new that's ending kinda big. is very interesting. It's very hard to 
to say nothing really changed in that. There wasn't a lot of all we just got an expanded ending on on Oob actually getting the uh uh Un. Right, Goku still flew off with him, that still happened. We just saw a little bit more of it. That doesn't really come up that much. Yeah. Um and little changes like that are usually just swept under the rug and not discussed because it becomes frustrating trying to make everything fit together. <laughs> right. All right, so keep layering this for me. We kind of have the manga. We talked a little bit about notes. Where else can we go? Well, usually uh, uh, the manga and, and uh, notes by Toriyama himself are kind of grouped together as the highest form of canon. Um, these are things that are just are written by him, gone through different levels of editing. Um, usually the more editing something's gone through, the more time he's had to think about it, the more correct it probably is. So the higher his canonicity is, generally. That's the idea there. Right. But beyond that first highest level of canon is the next thing we have that's most directly based off of it, which is the anime itself. And usually that's split into two parts. The first is is just parts of the anime that are direct copies of, of the manga, um, the, the no-filler episodes. The things that are exactly like, yes, Goku can become a Super Saiyan. Right. That is something that is in the manga too. That's, that's very canon. Right, that actually happened in the manga. It's the exact same scene, so why would you take it any differently? Exactly. But then there comes up things that are just slightly different, like, uh, uh, like Super Saiyan Aris. In the manga, they're always drawn the same way for each level mm-hmm. of Super Saiyan, and they're always drawn, they're all they're drawn very, they're a slightly different way for each one. You can tell what level they are simply from their aura. Beyond that, they never lose their aura while they're in the transform state. Right. While in the anime, the aura looks different, it's variable. Oh yeah, they're always losing it. <laughs> this it's is expensive w- to animate that aura. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But this is where we have things like, was this character in or not in Super Saiyan 2 due to the fact that or is there, or is not there, strand of hair is there, strand of hair is not there. Just inconsistencies where a scene may be dragged out a little more in the TV series or altered a little bit, and that's where it gets a little fishy. Yeah, um, other things, like the next, the other part that uh, the enemy is usually broken up into is the parts that are specifically filler. Like, uh, uh, it's hard to determine how strong Vegito actually is. Because in the anime, he isn't Super Saiyan when he fights Boo for the first time. He fights Boo uh, without transforming. Right. Where in the manga, he just transforms immediately. Exactly. And him. So there's a huge difference there. There's a long, drawn-out scene where he's he's fighting without needing to transform. We don't know, well, does he re- not really need to transform? We don't have anything in the higher levels of canon to say that he really did need to transform to beat him. He just transformed and, and then was very much overpowering Boo. Right. And this is the kind of stuff that unfortunately turns into strength discussions <laughs> Not even getting into Goku versus Superman, but... And this is a personal thing that I just can't stand because, personally, this is my own opinion. I think you start getting too far away from the material and trying to not analyze it too closely, but almost losing the spirit of the show. Especially with something like Dragon Ball, where we know that Toriyama was kind of making stuff up as he went along. And he wasn't calculating these equations of this character versus this character in this form, not transformed. Then he does transform, but then this character gets punched like Toriyama just didn't know that kind of stuff. Exactly. And when I see people start doing like Super Saiyan Vegito greater than Super Boo 3.14, like I I, I kind of lose my shit a little bit. <laughs> well, even in the uh, in the same thing in the Frieza saga, when we had a lot of uh, power levels, there was yes. no consistency between that. We would see somebody with with uh, two or three percent difference. 
just completely overpowering someone else. But right. then we'd see the same kind of difference, and they'd be evenly matched. And there's no real, there's no, there's never ever been any kind of real consistency with any kind of facts or figures about power in Dragon Ball. So right. you're trying to put some facts figures on there is, is, it's just a little flawed. Add on to that the fact that we have a scene in, in the Cell Saga where, uh, Jin in 19 states that there's no mathematical way to determine a Super Saiyan's power. <laughs> like, come on, we have actual reasons to not do it anymore. It's dead. It's written down. I stop. love that. <laughs> Just stop. Don't do Just it. Stop. That's great. However, then we get things like in the Daizenshu, and I'm jumping a little bit ahead, where they do try to come up with charts and levels of people that don't have levels in the series and oh and then even those levels uh people can find problems with them and they well why is this like this? this doesn't seem to make a lot of sense knowing what we have already like we know right. this person was stronger than this person why do they have reversed numbers here right, i'm jumping ahead let's talk about filler in the movies first before we get into these guidebooks so i guess things like the garlic jr saga the anuichi budokai things that don't exist in the manga that in and of themselves are these complete sagas in the tv series how do those play in those usually just included in with uh, the same level of canonicity with the rest of the anime, but just slightly below it. If the anime itself is ever broken up for canonicity, right. uh, we would be um, anything that's directly um, derived from the manga, any scene, any dialogue, anything directly pulled from the manga. And the interesting part about that is if it's done in a slightly different way, like with Super Saiyan auras or hair placement or colors or something like that, where the next section of anime would be things that are not put on there. Filler episodes, filler scenes, um, extended scenes, dialogue that's been changed or that's been added in. Uh, things like the other Z-Warriors attacking Cell while Gohan's trying to uh, bring him down. Right, which is tough for me because that's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, oh, it's But great. it's not actually present in the manga. Yeah, and with that we say, well, there's nothing, it's it's important for it to have its own level level of panosity, not just to say, well, it's filler. But right. Well, it's, it's good, and it makes sense, and it's derived really closely to the manga. It's not It's not like something you saw in some card game based on <laughs> based on one of the movies that's based right. on the anime that's based on the manga. It's not like that couldn't happen. There were it's not like perfect opportunities right there for it to happen, and the TV series happened to do it. Which is why, which, that's one of the big reasons we have, we want to have different levels of canon, so we can say, so it's not just, well, this is canon and this isn't. To give more precedence to certain things and for other things to be able to shine. People say, well, this is canon enough to believe it in this situation, or this piece of information to be taken as true. Take, well, this probably did happen, because nothing, because it's high enough that it's it's alright to believe. There's nothing above it that says that it didn't happen. I want to get into movies with you here because we have at least one movie that's really interestingly linked between all this, and that's DBZ Movie 1. Because it happens in the TV series and references events from a previous movie, which in certain instances couldn't actually take place due to where characters were and who knew what. Like, how does that play in? Well, this one specifically, uh, the Dragon Ball Z Movie 1, Return of My Gohan, uh, it seems to be happening just before Raditz showed up. Everyone's about that power... That seems to be about that power. No one's uh, aware of Goku being an alien. It couldn't have happened after that because obviously Goku would be dead. Right. But it couldn't. Re- it doesn't seem like it could have happened before that because 
if it did, well, then everyone like Bulma and Kurudin and Tommy Sennon would know about Gohan, but they don't in the TV series right. and in the manga. Like, it can't, it doesn't fit in anywhere. It seems like it could almost, there's a right time frame for it, but it just couldn't have happened. And that's kind of the movies in general where... Yeah, the movies in general are just, well, they're at this power now in the series. Let's uh, pull them out and put them back on Earth. Right, What's we know the interesting main... about the movies in the TV series is that the TV series is so, I guess even the manga too, it's structured time-wise in such a way that it leaves no room for anything else because they pretty blatantly say, you know, this much time has passed. And then... Except when we do have, like, and then three years later. So we do have a couple instances. For example, movie nine, that could take place because we had yeah. enough years and things in between. But for things like TBZ movie one, and especially like movies two and three, those cannot happen in what we've already tried to establish as this main canon. So let's go past movie one and the movies in general. What else can you tell me about them? Well, movies in general, um, though nothing official has ever been said about it, they are generally taken to be just uh, what ifs or well, what if Raditz didn't show up? Well, then Garlic Jr. showed up, and then this happened. Right. Or what if we got up to the point where we would have the Cell games, but we didn't. Broly showed up. <laughs> something interesting that could have happened at the same time something else is going on, but, but didn't. And it's an interesting take. What we usually can take away from it, canon-wise, are uh, our ideas about how the universe the dragon world works like well all right uh, in in movie 10 it appears that that goku came back from the afterlife for a second maybe could this possibly happen i don't know it's an interesting idea that we can now think about we can postulate that it might happen because we've seen it happen now but we can't say it can happen because it's so far removed from other levels of canon but generally the movies are just they're not taken as as canon in any way unless there's something specific in them that is derived from higher levels of canon but in that case it's not really Really, the movies that are taken higher is what they're referencing. Is there almost like this side continuity, this side canon, where you could go one way with the TV series and the manga, throwing them together, and then almost this concurrent timeline, this concurrent canon with the movies? Is there like a movie canon? Uh, I've heard some people talk about that, trying to make a like a manga canon and then an anime canon. With the movies, There's they don't seem to really flow together. Um, a lot of them are disjointed. Some of them can't take place at all. Like, the, like some of them... I like think movie, movie six three, is movie one of my three. biggest ones. Movie three, yeah. Movie three is a movie great three, example. Goku is the spirit bomb, but he doesn't... But he's not dead. Like, he didn't... He's not going to Namek now. Everyone's this, alive. Okay, everyone's alive again. This is no way for it to fit in with previous movies. Like, well, one of my favorites are the, the Broly movies. Uh-huh. Where movie eight, the first Broly movie, I think it, it could happen if... Goku beat Cell instead of letting Gohan attack him. Uh huh. Instead of saying, no, I can't beat him, Gohan, you do it, and then forcing Goku Super Saiyan 2 and then destroying him. If Goku just beat him, and then they're like, yay, we won, and they all power down, and they have a picnic, and then Paragus shows up. Right. That could happen. But the second Broly movie just can't fit with that because Goku's dead now. Oh, that's a great point. So even within the continuity of these movies that are supposed to fit together... Yeah, there's just there's no logical way. They can't. Okay. You know, th- that's the kind of thing where I've noticed, but to kind of flat out say it like that, that actually holds a lot of weight, I think. Yeah, well, that's that's the weird thing is that the, the movies themselves don't try to fit together. Even the ones that look like they should be fitting together don't. The most obvious one would be the Broly movies. There's three of them. They don't fit together. Other than Broly and Kula, are there any other ones that kind of string together? I don't really think so. Uh, well, yeah. the, the first, th- the Dragon Ball movies themselves, 
And those are all they, retellings. They're yeah, they're kind of retellings, and they can kind of. Well, fit movie together. two is like a side story, but yeah. All right, well let let's leave movies behind because we have another monster to talk about. <laughs> That's kind of guidebooks, and all we have different levels of guidebooks because we have ones that came out before 1997, 1998. Now we have even more recent ones. How does this all work? I don't even know where to go with this. This is one of the biggest dis- biggest and uh, most frequent discussions we have uh, about canon is well, how correct are the dies? and the other source books. Well, they're, they're source books. They came out after everything else. They say they should be properly edited and they should have all the important information. And well, some things aren't, aren't referenced in the, in the manga the, or the, the anime or the movies, but well, that's why the guidebooks are here to spell them out. Right, exactly. That's I, I love that point because people are saying, well, there's this information in the Daisenshu, but where did this come from? It's never talked about. And I think saying, well, that's why they exist. That's a really important thing to say because of course they're going to have more things. That's why they were released in the first place. To give you more information embellish upon stuff that's hinted at maybe not even hinted at exactly but on the flip side there are pieces of, firstly these guidebooks as a whole are derived from from everything else they're derived from movies and movies which are derived from the anime which is derived derived from the manga they're four steps removed at least from the series itself so we can't put guidebooks as a whole on a level canosity higher than anything that they're derived from. The same right. idea of why well, the anime's less canon than the manga because it's derived from that and then changes take place. And right, right. These are derived from the anime and then changes take place. Okay, so I'm following book. that. So there's there's that angle that, well, they're all derived the guidebooks do have some interesting information that, and because some of it's contentious and it's all derived, it's derived from things that are derived from other things which is derived from what most people just call canon itself, uh, just the manga it leaves itself open for, for huge discussions on, well, is this true or not? Like the power level lists or tension on being an alien or or things that we've just never heard of before or things that don't seem to make any sense or, or other things that we don't really expect to be in there and we can't back up with anything else but is in these guidebooks that were released specifically for this purpose. Right, so I guess you're saying because they're so far removed, at least three or four steps off, because of that fact alone, some of the stuff is uh, questionable, and even because it doesn't exist, it's questionable, but at the same time, there are official guidebooks that are put out for the purpose of explaining this information, so just the fact that they exist, like, kind of puts this big question mark over almost all information. Exactly. This is why canon discussions are difficult. (laughs) I'm very much struggling (laughs) with with it, but I will persevere. I will get through it. So what else do we have? What else is out there that uh, affects what someone could call canon? Well, beyond uh, the manga and the anime and then the movies and then the guidebooks, um, there are other entities connected with the series that obviously aren't trying to represent um, the, the, uh, the proper story or the proper world mechanics in any way, but nevertheless are available and can influence people's ideas of what it is. Things like the quote-unquote OVA, um, video game uh, story modes, things like uh, the game shows, like the new animation we had for uh, that Spot the Difference game show. Oh, yeah, between Goku and Frieza, right. Yeah, uh, things like the the fire safety and the uh, traffic safety videos that were included in Dragon Box. Yeah, why couldn't those take place? Well, well Yamcha's a fireman, so is Goku. <laughs> <laughs> like these things... Not that they couldn't take place, but they're very clearly not supposed to. Right. And then other things that, like, the video games, again, derive from something that's derived from something else that's derived from something else that's derived from the manga. That may have had some input from maybe a Toei writer or from Toriyama himself, but we have no way of knowing that or no basis to believe that. Though if they were, um, those notes themselves would have a higher level of canon. And so that kind of saves... That's that's my out for my, my list here. 
said, if anything, well, <laughs> well, the, there was these these couple of things in the in that movie. They were written by Tori Amon. Like, yes, yes, those notes themselves, the very high level canon. The rest of the movie, not. Aha, the list still works. Gotcha. <laughs> How about something like Dragon Ball Online? Because I think that's the most current example of yeah. Toriyama input versus original. It's almost like you're going to be able to create your own story. Yes, I don't. I'm not looking forward to having sessions <laughs> like that. I, I have just no idea. Well, it's way in the future, and Trunks is a time cop. And you get to go back and interrupt canonical events yeah and the margin are a race now like i don't i don't know where where to take this <laughs> so you're saying we should just stop all discussions from here on out yes yes no more take place. Special suicide basically that's what i'm going for <laughs> everyone sip from the kool-aid we're done <laughs> There are some other things. I mean, how about things that are licensed, like American games, um, you know, American RPGs, you know, pen and paper stuff and video games, mm. and not even just American, but other countries as well, because every country gets licensed merchandise. That's, true. That's The other thing is a dub or another studio's representation of the Dragon Ball meta series. It'd be really hard pressed for somebody to try and explain why that would be taken as any kind of canon at all, because it's not doesn't have any direct involvement with anyone who was originally part of the series, uh, unless Spain flowed through Torium out to write some <laughs> liner notes or something. You know, those Spanish people love their Dragon Ball. They do love their... And they get the good stuff, too. Uh, it's difficult to say. It's, well, if it's done correctly, and the dub is done well, and or the translations of the manga in that language are done properly, um, then it could be taken very canonically, but only because that it is done with reference to the original, because it is correct with the original if it changed anything if there's anything that the uh that the dub or the translation or whatever this country's producing is different from or is in is in contrast with something else produced originally one would be pretty hard pressed to say that it should supersede the original japanese production yeah it's not like we're running around calling the characters bongo and zero I actually see there almost being two lines kind of going here where there could you say there's almost a dub canon and this may have affected more the early seasons one and two dub with Funimation in conjunction with Saban. You could say that within that canon Bardock was a scientist and you know all that kind of funny stuff. Because at the time, people didn't really bother too much to seek out the original version. No, So exactly. they just assumed what they're seeing is right. And which is funny when Funimation goes back and corrects things. And so within the Funimation canon, you could say there are inconsistencies and revisions and it doesn't make any sense. But even ignoring, like, placing dubs, whether it's a Funimation dub or any other country in its own place, then you just have other stuff that exists. Things like... Toybull's Dragon Ball AF um, fan manga. It's not an official thing, but it kind of creates a new canon. And who is it to say that because it's not done by Toriyama, that's not canonical? Like Exactly. Well, GT wasn't done by Toriyama, but that's right, still right. involved in a very, fairly high level of canon. Um, I take it back to things like, we were talking about that scene where all the Gohan's friends jump in and help to fight against Cell. Do I see that as canonical because I love it so much because it was done well because it could fit therefore yes whereas something that i don't like i could you know kind of have this bias against well that wasn't i i that was really bad so therefore you know maybe it could fit but you, you kind of make up these excuses these justifications that that is basically uh, the argument yes i'm good at summing <laughs> things up yes i'll let you talk about it and i'll just conclude it and <laughs> put a period on it 
works perfectly. So, I mean, you have these official versus non-official, and I think a lot of the arguments, taking it all the way back to the beginning with the stubbornness, is who likes what and who wants to accept what they like and putting ideas on other people. Well, this is where the, the entire argument begins with is, well, no one brings up the argument of canosity with, well, yeah, this was awesome. Is it canon? Yeah, probably. All right, and that's it. It's always, <laughs> I thought this was really good. And I think I'm pretty sure it's canon. Or I thought this was terrible. I thought it was canon. And then somebody disagrees vehemently. Right. Um, And then they have to come to some kind of agreement, hopefully, about how believable such a thing is. Like, well, was it was where did it originate? Well, it was a a filler bit of animation um, that happened during one of the scenes uh, that was actually in the manga. Well, it's pretty close. They didn't wasn't like a cutaway to Bulma being a frog. Right. So (laughs) it, it probably could have happened, but there's nothing to say it didn't happen, so probably, yeah, it's you know, 50-50. Funny things are canonical. Funny things are always canonical. <laughs> Ginyu becomes leader of the frogs on Earth? Yes, that happened. <laughs> Exactly, absolutely. Dabra's up in heaven, kind of wandering around picking flowers. <laughs> absolutely, <around>. totally. <laughs> Sparkly eyes and everything, that's what he's doing. I have no idea where else to take this. I think we've worked through what canon is and all the different levels and breakaways and adaptations of adaptations and removals. Do you guys want to hit anything else? Is there anything else to discuss other than the fact that this is stuff that people discuss? I think the most important thing to take away from it is that it, it is just a cartoon. Yes. And that if you really think that one thing happened and one other thing didn't happen, it's not really something you should be that worked up about. Like, I wrote up a huge list and explained why each thing is more canonical than the other. But seriously, it's not its not that important to go through. <laughs> Don't lose sleep over it. Right, I'm right. talking to you, Internet. We're here to have fun. Exactly. That's the whole point. Really, the thing I always try to bring back with Dragon Ball is that it is completely and utterly made to be fun. Right. Nothing about it is made too serious. So nothing about it should be taken too seriously. I agree. Mary, do you have anything you want to take away or put into this? I took away some interesting information. Like, I would never have thought that the guidebooks could technically, just by how derivative they are, you know, fall lower on the list of what is canon. I always, you know, I always see an argument. It's an encyclopedia. Well, of course it is. Yeah, I mean, on internet arguments, I always people say, well, in the Daizenshu, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that doesn't supersede, you know, the manga itself. I kind of want to get into a, a very, very mini little side conversation conversation. Maybe we've talked about this in the past, and it's kind of turning around on things because we've had a Daizenshu come out in the U.S. Something that I saw for years and years and years, I almost saw it as a fear, I think, of the Daizenshu because they were so unaccessible and people really didn't know what they were or what was in them that they almost dismissed any information that was in them. Does that make sense? American message boards, people get into canon discussion. Someone says, well, the Daizenshu says this, and I always read the response to that from someone dismissing it as, well, I don't know where the Daizenshu is, therefore incorrect. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I always uh, experience the opposite, that, ooh, Daizenshu? What's that? Sounds <laughs> mystical and powerful. Like, yes, they're, they're guidebooks from Japan. You have to be Japanese to read them. Ooh, people who read Japanese are always hiding things from us. <laughs> exactly. People always think that Julian's hiding information from us. He's like... Because he is! He <laughs> is! True. There's actually a new series. He's actually working on it. He's writing scripts. Uh, That's why he's over there. He's not teaching children English. That's right. It's all the further Dragon Ball AF2. <laughs> two? Of course, two. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. How could I forget? He hid the first one from us, so of course... Oh, well, the second one he'll show us, and then he'll hold out AF for another 10 years. That's right. It's all Julian's fault. As I know it. 
We just blame I, don't know. I was down at the last Julian. secret meeting. Blame all canon discussions on Julian because he's not here to defend himself. That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I do too. It's convenient <laughs> out. You know, you have your out with this list. This is my out, Julian. This is the name Julian. <laughs> no explanation about who this Julian is. It's Julian. That's right. Uh, I think we're done. We've gone on for, uh, I have going on 44 minutes on the raw audio recording. We'll see what makes it in there. But uh, Mary, any last thoughts on canon? Nope. No. I'm Good. I have nothing. Mr. Desiree Campbell, do you have anything? Brain melting. Melting out the ears. Anything you want to plug before I uh, click stop on you? Um, uh, New uh, pages of Dragon Ball AF came out on Thursday, and they're oh, cool. up now on my site. Almost done work on the fan sub of Nihon Ijin Taisho from 2007. Sweet. Um, that's going through the last uh, QC stuff. Which uh, was basically my fault for taking so long, but uh, it's it, um, it's it's past me now. Cool. So soon, soon should be up. Nice. All right, I'll link to all that stuffage, and people can check it out. Whee! All right, so I'm getting rid of you. Good talking to you, right. as always. Always a pleasure, sir. And we will check you later. All right. See ya. See ya. Julian. Yes. We're up to you and your DBZ ABCs. For this week's DBZ ABCs, we are up to Se, and we've got Sedipa. Now, this is an interesting case. It's a female Saiyajin. In fact, the only one with a name that we ever see, although she's not mentioned by name where she appears. She is one of Bardock's subordinates, and she also meets an unfortunate death later in the same place where she appears. Unfortunate, perhaps, but she does bear the distinction of being the only female Saiyajin in an entire series with actual lines. Wow. You know, Dragon Ball Z has a rather bit of a shortage of uh, interesting female characters, so it was kind of uh, disheartening to see her go. But of course, Goku needs to be one of the very few survivors of his race, and if everybody and their mother... Uh, bad choice of words, since she was... <laughs> yes, you ass okay. <laughs> If, um, you know, if everyone survived, then it wouldn't be the same. Uh, but yeah, we should address that, that there are rumors that have gone around for as long as I've been a fan that um, Seripa from the Bardock special is Goku's mother. Bullshit! But, yeah, there's real, really no evidence to support that, and if she was, that's a really quick recovery to be going off with Bardock to take over a new planet right after. You know, going with that... You said the word evidence, I think. One of the biggest pieces of evidence against this is actually a, a quasi... I wouldn't say a family tree. It's more of a, a race tree of uh, the Saiyajin. It's from the movie Tonkobon, uh, the color, the film anime comic from DBC Movie 7, I think it was. And for whatever reason, they just have extra stuff about the Saiyajin in here. And it shows all the relationships between everyone. And all of Bardock's crewmates are connected to him with these dotted lines with the word Buka, which I believe means subordinate. That is correct. Good deal. So in addition to that, we have actual family links between people. Bardock has these nice thick arrows that go to Raditz and Kakaroto or Goku. And then we have Talus completely off to the side with no connections to anyone. And you know, we have King Vegeta with a solid arrow going to Vegeta, the dotted line going to Nappa with the same Buka. So if she's like a Toei creation, sort of kind of, maybe we'll talk about that real briefly because there's a little bit of history to her too. If Toei is going to put out this book with a 
family tree, a, a race tree of these characters, and they wanted her to be Goku's mother or some kind of hint there, they would say yeah. something, and there's absolutely nothing there. Right. And, you know, keep in mind, too, that we don't really know how Saiyajin reproduce among themselves. I mean, we know since they have children with humans that they can do it in the same fashion as humans do. But for all we know, they're for their own species, maybe they just sort of bud off. That would uh, explain why Goku looks so much like his father. I mean, <laughs> you know what? Let's uh, let's not get into that discussion. It's kind of weird. <laughs> a little bit oh, creepy. Okay. I just picture like tails wrapping around each other and caressing and and oh. yeah. Oh. Julian, tell me a little bit about uh, history of Bardock. We, I think we even did a, a full topic on the podcast about yeah, it. Yeah, it's uh, one, of, one of our tidbits. And basically, she was originally designed by Katsuyoshi Nakatsuru, who is a big mover and shaker and character designer for the series. person who Akira Toriyama has said of more than once that when he looks at uh, Nakatsuru's drawings, he can't tell whether it's him or or whether he himself that drew the image. But anyway, he drew this sort of conceptual image of Bardock's henchman for the TV special, and he labeled her Korn. But after the drawings got sent off to Toriyama and sent back, she had been designed, redesigned somewhat, and her name was changed to Selipa. That's a for a rearranged version of Parsley, I should remember. Yeah, break it down. So we have Paseri Selipa. Yes, and that's keeping with the vegetable naming system for the Saiyajin, which Toriyama is so fond of. And obviously, Korn, the previous name that she was given, was rather obvious. Right. But yeah, so all of Bardock's henchmen, all of the Saiyajin in general, have vegetable-related names, which just makes the Funimation name completely meaningless. And stupid. What's really funny is, you know, you said she's not even given an actual name, spoken dialogue, anything like that in the TV special. So why does it really matter to keep or change her name? Well, because if you're going to change your name, at least change it to something that fits the scheme that we all know. Because Fasha is completely meaningless. It doesn't even sound good. <laughs> good. I don't even remember some of the other names they chose. Just one like Borg... Borgos, I, I don't know. Something like that. And they changed Toma, which is obviously tomato, to Tora for no apparent reason. And they spelled it T-O-R-A-H, like the uh, holy books of the Jewish faith, rather than even like Tiger or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hilarity. Oh, dear. All right, Julian. So that's Sedipa. That was said. What would be next in our list of syllable slash letters? So. So. All right. So next time you are on the show with us, hopefully that will be next week, we will do so. Okay. With that done, it's time for releases. Mary, start us off. September 9th. All right. Ships on the Tuesday. But it's probably in stores the next day. It's a Dragon Ball Z trilogy on the PS2. It's three games consisting of Budokai Tenkaichi, also known as Sparking, Budokai Tenkaichi 2, also known as Sparking Neo, and Super Dragon Ball Z. Uh, It's uh, 30 bucks for the entire pack, and you can get it at Amazon, Best Buy, or wherever video games are sold. At a store near you. Julian. Yeah. At a store near you, over in Japan, on September the 10th, what do we got? Yes, well, we have DBZ Movies 3 and 4 coming out on their Region 2 DVDs. They'll be 2,800 yen each, and if you want to pick them up, you can get them from CD Japan. Why, thank you. I think I will. Actually, I probably won't. I own these movies enough time, especially Movie hey, 3. Don't you, don't you have them in the Japanese box set already? Yes, I do. 
but it's a different cover art. I know, different cover art. It's pretty. Shut up. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, Julian, also coming out on, uh, in Japan, I should say, on September 12th, which is a Friday, we've got Dragon 98 Special Live. This is a CD that was recorded about 10 years ago at a festival in Shibuya, 1998. It's a 10th anniversary, uh, I guess you would say, release of the CD. Julian, give me some info on it. We got a catalog number, price... Yes, so catalog number is BSCH30088. It's uh, 2,400 yen, which is about 2,400, not $2,400. $2,400. $24 even. And uh, you can find a link again over at CD Japan. And I don't know, that's pretty cool. I tried to find the CD through a friend of mine like seven years ago, and I couldn't because it was already out of print. Oh, so yeah. Maybe I'll have to pick this one up. We'll see. Definitely. Maybe I'll go back over to you. September 16th, we got a whole bunch of stuff over here in the U.S. What's yes. the first thing? We got Viz Big uh, Edition Dragon Ball Volume 2. It is uh, the Tankobon slash no. Tankobon slash graphic novel. Graphic novels 4 through 6 and it goes into the 21st Senkaichi Budokai until around the Red Ribbon Army Arc General Blue stuff. It's uh, 18 bucks, and Amazon has it on pre-order for only 12.23. It is a weird number. It is a weird number. Go Amazon. Julian, it's not out there. It's out here, but you're going to tell me anyway. Same day. What else? Okay. Well, also on uh, September 16th is Dragon Ball Z Season 6, or the Cell Game. This is coming out from Funimation. Now, it's, again, their full remastered, which involves clipping the top and bottom off of the masters that they had in the first place and giving them a rather... I don't know if you'd really call them remastered, but... It, like, smooths it out to a rather ridiculous extent and brightens up the colors and makes it, I don't know, the the phrase dolled up like a whore springs to mind. <laughs> uh, I like that. You know, it's no longer the faux remastered set. It's the dolled up like a whore remastered set. It, it's, it's not truly, like, cleaned up or remastered in the sense of going back to the original film cells and cleaning it up like they did for the Japanese release. It's taking their crappy masters that they already had and trying to smooth over the flaws by using ways that they hope people would notice. And if you would like this... You can find it at Amazon, obviously, as well as Right Stuff and who knows what other things. The retail price is... Forty nine ninety eight, but you can find it for thirty dollars if you pre order at Amazon. Plug in Amazon here; they get the cheap pre order prices, though. Also, that same day, also from Funimation, Dragon Ball Z movies three and four double feature release that they've been doing. This is uh, same kind of remastered thing, but it's a little better because film masters, you know, you put something in that's good, you get something out that's pretty good too. With the TV series, you put in crap and gonna get crap back. Anyways, this is DVD and Blu-ray. DVD is about thirty bucks, Blu-ray is about thirty five bucks. Amazon got some nice pre-order prices on those though last thing of the month september 17th i'll just keep going around in the same circle mary what's the first one over in spain it's a dragon ball gt volume 5 it is a spanish region 2 pal dvd two disc set of la saga de baby episodes 33 through 40 and it's 24.95 euros you can find it on z on a dvd.com <laughs> or gt on a oh, wait that doesn't work anymore sonadvd.com julian same place same kind of release what else yes also for um it's even the same people but it's dragon ball uh, dragon ball z volume 25 or 20 
Cinco. Uh, the Span Spain Spanish R2 PAL release is the two-disc set of La Saga de Boo, episodes 200 to 207, which really doesn't get into Boo just yet. It's like La Saga de Gohan y Videl. <laughs> exactly. It's just great Saiyaman stuff. Yes. And even then, it's it's actually more Golden Hair Warrior getting into great Saiyaman stuff. Yes. And it's uh, retailing again for 24.95 euros and can be found at Zona DVD. Yepers, I think that uh, rounds out September, pretty busy month. So with that done, we'll take it over to some emails. We've got an audio email this uh, week from Matt, who likes to send us audio emails. We encourage everyone to send audio emails, because we'll play them, and you get to be internet famous. So, Matt, what's up? Hey, guys. Casual Matt here again. I have a quick question about some of the characters' name puns. Firstly, I know that all the Ginyu Force members have their names based off various dairy products. For example, Rakum is Kurim, or Cream, Bata is Butter, Jisu is Cheese, and Ginyu is Chinese for Milk. But what about Gerd? I always thought that his name was derived from either curds or yogurt, but I've never been sure. Nextly, we know in the Boo arc, characters' names are derived from magical incantations, like Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, or Abracadabra. But what about Bobbidi's fighters like Poi Poi, Spopovich, Yakan, and so on? What are their names supposed to mean? So, Julian, tell me, this fifth member of Ginyu Toksentai. Yes. Well, of course, you've seen in the Funimation dub that his name is Goldo, as made infamous by Mary's Temple O' Goldo, April Fool's joke. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> infamous indeed. And then the Viz version of the manga calls him Gerd, G-U-R-D. Now, you may be wondering where this comes from, and the answer is that his Japanese name is Gurudo, and it comes from the Japanese word Yogurdo. Ah, Matt was right in his original hypothesis. Yes, as you may guess, yogurt. Now, I don't know, to make the pun clearer, I might put stick an H in the viz spelling, G-H-U-R-D. Obviously, the American English spelling doesn't use an H, but enough people know that there's an H in there for it to maybe cue something. I think with this particular name pun, saying it with a Japanese, I guess, accent makes it a little more clear than just GERD. Yeah, I think you're right. And you can also see by the Japanese pronunciation how Viz and Funimation could arrive at different things. Oh, totally. I gotta give, I gotta give Viz credit, though. At least at the time, they were very much into sort of preserving the name puns and stuff. Yeah. And at, at this point, they were still trying to do a very, very faithful translation. I even remember, I think it was the actual monthly comic release. They had Captain Ginyu call Vegeta, Vegeta-chan, like in the original. Ooh, but, that's really cool. But that didn't fly, and in the graphic novel release, it was just, hey, Vegeta. Like, Aww. the condescending tone, which right. is the same thing, really. But uh, I was kind of disappointed. I mean, looking at it now, I, I suppose that really, if you're not going to be using a lot of suffixes, you really shouldn't shoehorn one in there. But anyway, that's right. I digress. Julie, moving on to Bobbidi's henchman. We, we know where Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo comes from. And Matt also yes. said that Dabra comes from Abracadabra. But what yes. about Pui Pui, Yakon, Spopovich, Yamu, all these other guys? Now, I don't know all of these, um, but I do know that in terms of Pui Pui, Pui Pui comes from Chichin Pui Pui, which was the magical phrase in Himitsu no Akko-chan, which was one of the very first Maho Shoujo I was going to uh, say, that's magical girl stuff. Yeah, in fact, it was inspired by Bewitched, and there's been like several different since the 1960s, but the main premise is this girl finds out that she's a witch, and she has like a magical mirror that she can use to do fancy stuff, and, and I'm 
I looked up Yakon a long time ago, and I no longer remember what it is. I have a list stuck up somewhere on the site that I've been meaning to make something out of. Okay, so I'm sorry. I've got that backwards. So the magical phrase in Himitsu no Akko-chan was Tekumaku Mayakon. So Yakon being the end of that. Uh, so that's where that came from. Again, it's the uh, one of the earliest Magical Girl series in Japan. Now, uh, keep in mind that the Magical Girl series up until things like Sailor Moon was generally in the mold of like a cute witch rather than any sort of fighting team kind of thing because for things like what do you call it uh pretty cure and the like it's really a, a melding of the magical girl and the fighting team or sentai styles together so yeah that's one of the early ones now i have chichin pui pui written down here um i did this list a few years ago and i could have sworn that i came across the name of the series in the interim but i've forgotten it again so i'm sorry about that looks well, like there's <laughs> something digimon related but that was way later i think yeah it's just a song or something it would have to be referencing the same thing because digimon came out after dbz was finished right all right but anyways other characters we've got smopovich and yamu and in your uh, little write-up here you have nothing next to him uh yeah i i've been working on that and like it sounds like a vaguely slavic or baltic name but i'm not really sure i always thought that was a really really strange name for dragon ball it doesn't sound like anything else in the series yes i mean popovich if you didn't have the first syllable would be a, a very a very sort of normal kind of slavic name uh-huh. i have no idea uh yamu i've been wondering i mean if you have yami it means darkness but yamu yamu yam stop <laughs> uh does Yamu by itself mean anything? Amega Yamu. The rain will stop soon, hopefully, <laughs> because it's been raining for a while on and off here. Uh, but yeah, I'm not really sure about that one either. But yeah, but at least the the ones that they fight on Bobbity Spaceship are named after other magical phrases, just like Boo from Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. All right, then. I think that actually covers all of Matt's questions, so we'll move on. Julian, you wanted to read this next one from Ed. I did. I guess I do. This one comes to us from Ed. He says, I'm a college student living out in D.C., but I'm originally from the Chicago suburbs. I came home last weekend, and I went to get some sushi at Mitsuwa Market. I was doing some shelf browsing there, and I noticed a few DBZ figurines on sale. They're about four to five inches tall, and they have their own little circular gray plastic platforms. Judging from their packaging, they were legitimate Bandai imports. I've included a picture of my purchases, and I was curious about whether or not you see these kinds of things at conventions a lot. I've only been to a few and didn't notice anything like this, and how much people typically charge, since I only paid seven bucks for the two ones. Two big ones, and the little Gohan when there was like two fifty, I think. Mary. Yes. Well, these typically are at conventions. I don't remember seeing these specifically, but in the last few years, yeah, there's been a huge variety of different Dragon Ball Z figures you can get. There's uh, the larger ones like these. They have super big ones. Like we have a, a giant Vegito that we got this year actually, and there's also the smaller Gashapon figures as well. Uh, I think conventions tend to jack up the price a bit. I think what you paid was a really good deal. Yeah. That's- seems to be about the average. Some will do them for five, some will try to mark them up to around ten. You know, seven fifty, seven ish. that's a pretty good price. You've got your Vegeta, your Gohan, your Frieza here. In the exact same line of figures, we've got uh, a third form Frieza. We've got a couple other ones here standing on the little circular things. I really like these for whatever reason. I think they're just really well crafted. They look really nice. They don't look too cheap. Well, there's very few that actually look shitty. I think yeah. by and large, they're pretty decent looking. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, if you see these, keep picking them up. I think they're really nice you throw a whole bunch of them together they look pretty cool mary yes you're gonna read the next one here from jason 
Jason writes, first off, I'm a new listener to your weekly podcast, and it's easily the most entertaining one I've heard in a long time. Keep up the fantastic work. Why, thank you. Anyway, I have a quick question about a DBZ item I purchased at Play Asia a few months ago. It's basically a plastic dragon radar with an LCD screen. It beeps and shows little pics if you shake it or press the button on the top. Being that I can't speak Japanese, I really have no way of figuring out this thing's purpose. Any help would be much appreciated. Also, since you guys seem to have a crazy huge DBZ GT collection, I'm curious as to what your absolute hands-down favorite piece of DBZ stuff is. is. Lastly, I've been working for about five months on a DBZ tattoo sleeve, top of shoulder to wrist, no natural skin color left on the arm. I have one more session to go. Piccolo's pants are the last spot to fill in. <laughs> Sounds kind of kinky. <laughs> um, but it's essentially complete now. The sleeve isn't my only DBZ tattoo. I've got one on my back as well. I've included a pic of my back, finished, and an older pic of my wrist. None of the background was completed at that point. For your amusement. Again, keep up the great work. Wow, hardcore, man. Tattoo stuff uh, first. Um, yeah. You didn't say if you wanted us to share these pictures, so uh, hit us back, and if you don't mind us sharing them, we'll throw them up in the forum thread for this episode. I remember you had an old roommate your freshman or sophomore year of college. Oh my god, that's got right. A, was it a Super Saiyan 2 Gohan yeah, tattoo? Yeah, was it on his leg? I think it was on his by his ankle, yeah. Yeah, he's the one who stole um, a good portion of my fan subs and my fucking Street Fighter Alpha 3 on PS1. Yeah. Yeah. His name Some was Mike also. His name was Mike. Damn it. That's all right. I mean, I've since gotten movies 11 and 12 uh, a few Did more times. Did he have times. a goatee? No. Oh. No, he wasn't <laughs> Evil Top <laughs> Evil Mike. Bizarro Mike. No. Oh, well, anyway, I've um, clicked the link that you've got there. So if you want to tell me about, or if I want to tell you about this game, I can. If you yes, want me please. To. Okay. Uh, so anyway, it appears to be a sort of uh, acceleration sensor game where if you shake it lightly, you get a energy beam of some kind. And if you shake it really hard, you get a Genki Dama. And you can use that to play a variety of games, including, um, let's including see. Including Shake Your Toy really hard and shake your toy not quite as hard well, well yes but it's like uh participate in the tenkaichi budokai and training <laughs> and i don't know it's i don't know how how uh entertaining this kind of game actually is but it, it looks like a five minute diversion nice it's out of stock on play asia so julian if you happen to see this anywhere you're gonna have to pick it up oh dear i'll pay it back i want it i want to shake a toy really hard all right all right Anyway. Other question, uh, favorite piece of our collection. I think we've gotten this before, and I don't know that I ever have an actual answer for it. Julian, uh, out of the stuff that you own, do you have any favorite particular piece, anything like that? Like of Dragon Ball merchandise? Yes. Oh, I have that Roshi figure from when they put out the American Dragon Ball figures. Uh Uh-huh. I was really disappointed, though, because the mock-up version that they originally showed at the big toy fair had a porn magazine with him. (laughs) But but the finished version, they changed the image to just sort of like this random Dragon Ball comic. Nice. Aw. But the figure is still pretty good. In fact, I left him back in the States, but I was contemplating bringing him with me just so he could stand up on my desk and be like... I'm standing guard or something, you know? That actually reminds me of things I own that I'm actually kind of proud that I own. Mary, same kind of line. The original three Dragon Ball figures that came out here. Yeah! The Staff Swinging Goku, Sword Slashing Yamcha, and Fast Kicking Krillin. Yes, indeed. I actually own all three of those. So, Pretty hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we have a commercial that shows those and some of the other figures up on YouTube that we played uh, at a convention. So I'll put a link over to that. I really like those. So maybe that's one of my favorite 
things that I own that I love. So you really can't find those. Mary, how about you? I don't know. I have so much stuff that I'm really happy to own. I think your de facto answer is the trunk cell. The trunk cell. And it's not even, you know, a super awesome cell. It's him having his head stepped on by number 17. <laughs> but it's really close up and big. And... Yeah, and I'm just happy to own a chunk of the show. Like, every time you watch the Trunks TV special, I'm like, that's the frame I own right there. But um, I'm proud of some of the Trunks to Jinchi I own, like some of the funny comics. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You get a pretty funny one where Trunks, what does he like, rewrite some of the movies to put himself in there or something? Yeah. Oh, I think he jumps in in movie six and... And he yeah. like saves Goku yeah. and he, like pushes Vegeta out of the way. Yes. It's pretty funny stuff. Um, Oh man, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you mentioned those three early US figures. Right. I'm trying to think if I own anything along those lines. I, don't know. I think that's pretty good. Between the Dojinshi and the Cell, let's... I'm pretty picky about my DBZ purchases because I want to be proud of all of them. Yeah, we don't... I don't say we don't buy a lot of random shit because we do have a lot of these little figures sitting around, but... How about um the movies box set? Yeah, that's nice Dragon to have. Box. Totally. All right, then. Any other last-minute answers here? Oh, I also have a GT Cell, actually. Oh, cool. It's a Super Saiyajin 4 Goku kicking the um, ice... Dragon, whichever one that was. I have no idea. I've never seen that episode, so I just know the cell. <laughs> I fell asleep multiple times <laughs> trying. Uh, all right, so those are the emails for the week. Mary, if people have questions, comments, concerns, all that general stuffage, where do they send their said stuffage? You could send it on over to podcast at com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. Why, thank you, Mary. You're welcome. So I think that's going to wrap up the show. We've got a hell of a show here because we already have the topic that we recorded and we just did all this stuff. I enjoyed each and every little part of it. So upcoming episodes, I said next week, we've got the manga review of Awesomeness. Hopefully we'll hit that. Volume 19 or going by the Viz DBC Volume 3. Other general things going on. We're actually recording episode 3 of VG Combos later today. So I don't know when that'll actually go up. Up. In theory. In theory. We don't De- get hit by a hurricane. Depending on, uh, yeah, hurricane things going on over here on the East Coast, we'll see. So look forward to that. AWA is coming up. It's officially September. Oh my god, I'm so not ready. Mary, you like have... in many respects. You have a minor announcement about AWA. You're doing a big event. Yes, I am the current champion of AWA's Iron Editor competition, and they just publicly announced the theme this year. So if you're into watching AMVs being made in two hours and are at AWA, I highly suggest you go see. This year, it's going to be here comes the bride me versus a fellow bride to be liz struck i always <laughs> nessie Fa- <laughs> i can't say her name oh my god i'm a terrible friend Just say nessie <laughs> nessie yeah nessie so nessephany nessephany thank there you, you. i always want to say nessie fanny but like that, <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense um hello nessie fanny nessie fanny liz <laughs> Just say Liz. Yard. It's much easier. Anyway, yeah, it's going to be us two against each other using um, anime with the theme of weddings. So Wedding Peach is a given. We got to use Wedding Peach. And what else you got? Final Fantasy X. Final Fantasy X. Castle of Cagliostro. Godonar. Uh, Godonar. Usei Yatsura Movie 1. And... I think that's oh, it. Something else. Some kind of secret ingredient. I forgot. I thought there was more than that, but I guess we hit up everything. So I think the real question is, what will Brad and I be doing while our women's are editing? Well, you can't be judges. Conflict of interest. Yes. You will be fighting to the death. All right, I can do that. I will. Arm wrestling and other manly things. Brad has already declared that he wins a drinking contest that hasn't happened yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> Winner takes both women. Oh. Oh, I'm done with this. 
I like this idea. Wait, no. no. Oh, no, I'll win, so I definitely have no problem with it. I have a problem with this. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, so look forward to that. Uh, we also have a panel. Jeff will be doing a panel with us. It'll be that Friday. As we get closer to the con, we'll talk a little bit more about that stuffage. So, Mary, let's get rid of you. Okay. Thanks for chilling. Thanks. Uh, Temple of Trunks? Yes, www.templeotrunks.com. Thank you very much. You're See welcome. you next week. Bye. Julian. Yeah. You and I, Dyson X. Can be found at www.dazex.com. That's dazex.com. Word. So hopefully I can schedule something with you because we're actually going to another show next Friday night. So we'll probably end up doing a split topic rest of the show recording yet again. But we'll talk to you in some capacity next week, I hope. All right. Cool. So for Mary over here. For Julian off in Japan? Yes. That leaves me, Mike, Vegito EX. Julian, wrap this shit up. All right. Daizenshi EX, the podcast. Thanks for listening to us this week. Catch us again. Oh, fuck. I just opened it with Firefox instead of Safari. Oh, Julian said fuck. That was cute. I I have to wait for the program to open now, which is why I'm complaining. I gotcha. (sighs) Ah.